This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, and it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, so the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside it. Uh, for instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, so I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. Uh, but if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, we want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there in 86 nm martin wrote the first book of what became a cult Sitters Club Club. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. And welcome to the Babysitters Club Club. Just like uh, football Hall of Famer Cam Newton. As football man, American football man Cam Newton uh, used to say when he was a young man. Yeah. Hi, hi. Man, I hope someone, this is their first episode. They're this just, they're diving in. We haven't introduced the episode at all. We're already talking about how Cam Newton says hi, hi. Uh-huh. They don't know the difference between... The two of us. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. And this is a podcast about the classic novels of Anne M. Martin about babysitters. Babysitters. Some context for you people who are just jumping in. I read these books as a kid. Not me. So I have a very deep connection to them. I kind of grew up with these books, and I'm revisiting them. Tanner, on the other hand... Well, answer me this question. Is it or is it not true that you majored in babysitting? Yeah, I did. It was a it was a four-year program. Yeah. Um, left with a master's in babysitting. St- babysitting and, uh, studies. Yep, and a, a certificate. But never followed up with the CPR training, so <laughs> I am totally unqualified to babysit. So parents of America, do not send your kids my way. Yeah, but it must be nice to revisit some of these sort of canonical text for the field sure 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 yeah well so we both have our reasons for reading these books this week we read a little book entitled logan likes marianne logan likes marianne i think there's no question that logan does like marianne yeah but let's wind it back a little bit let's talk about what the hell this book is about first this was my number one favorite as a kid this was my number one favorite that's weird because you've i've we've been talking about tonight's record for the last couple of days mm-hmm. and you've been pretty uh pretty milk toast about this whole book at 37 i have different views about what makes a rousing narrative than I did when I was seven so now you're more attracted to true crime and paranormal and b theory 
Yeah, and well, less boys liking girls. Yeah, that may be true. I didn't. I when I read this book, I strongly identified with Marianne as somebody who couldn't talk to boys. Yeah, or I guess girls for me. Yeah, was painfully shy, deeply socially awkward. And even when somebody, like the literal title of what's going on is that this person likes you, I would find a way to just kind of fuck it up. I usually identify with Marianne. Yeah. We've we've been over this. Yeah. I'm a Marianne. I'm a, a kind of quiet, introverted. Mousy. Not mousy. Okay. This book, I, I lost my connection to her huh. simply because she overcame her fears. And when I was a boy, yeah. I did not overcome my fears. You know who the first woman I ever said a word to was your wife, my wife. <laughs> and I was 27 years old when I met her. Well, she was, she's your Logan man. And maybe you just never met a Logan type woman before because the thing about Logan is he's in this book is just insanely persistent. Yeah. It's a little weird. Marianne fucks up in every possible way. And she's like, super boring. She's born. I mean, she's not, there's not this, this is not a statement on her character in this book. She's born. Yeah. Like when she interacts with Logan, she'd she did admit it to can't say shit. Let's, let's tell our listeners. Let's tell the baby boys and the baby oh. girls, the baby people and the baby bees out there in, in baby nation, uh-huh. what this book is about. Yeah. Let me have a crack at it, and then I'll give you a crack at it. Yeah, I can't wait. Here's what I start stretching. Marianne is changing. Gross. Her body is changing. Gross. Her friendships are changing, and her idea of the world is changing. But when a mysterious stranger named Logan comes into town, things start to change in ways she never expected, never wanted, and never dared to imagine. There's no question... That Logan likes Marianne, but does Marianne like what she's becoming? How long did it take you to write? Uh, Would you? Here's a little segment we like to do. Put me in. All right, I'm calling you. I'm calling you up off the bench. You're the you're the the Cam Newton here. Hi hi. You're about to go up. It's the Super Bowl, and in this Super Bowl, it's a sport where someone has to describe book 10 of the Babysitter's Club in exactly 60 seconds. This segment has real diminishing returns because I've gotten really good at this. Well, last time I threw you way off your game. Yeah. Well, this week, it's a little... No, I'm not going to psych myself out. I yeah, let's this. not psych you this. out this time. 60 last seconds. time, I, I deliberately psyched you out so badly that we ended up not explaining the book at all. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you 60 seconds on my little stopwatch here, which I got out here. When I say go... You tell us what the hell happened in this book. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Go. Uh, Mary Ann Spear has a crush on a celebrity named Cam Newton. Nope. Cam Geary. He's a heartthrob. She buys a magazine. What's his girlfriend's name? I don't remember. Kali Lalique. Yeah. Okay. Why do you know that? Yeah. Um, they're, they're starting the eighth grade. School started again. Oh, shit. I forgot. School started again. She hangs a poster of Cam Geary in her locker using bubble gum because they can't use tape. She is at lunch with her friends on the first day of school. Suddenly, across the lunchroom, who does she see? Cam Geary. There he is. What? In all their his school? beautiful, charming glory, Cam Geary. Psych! Not Cam Geary. It's a new boy. His name's Logan. He's from the South. He speaks in a irritating Southern drawl. She falls in love with him. Um, he is a babysitter, it turns out. She, he comes to the babysitter meetings. It's embarrassing because they're talking about bras, and he's talking about, I guess, penises. It's never really stated. Marianne falls in love with him. She, He's in love with Marianne, as the title suggests. And time. No, come on. I'm almost there. No. I mean, we. I can let you finish, but that's. I feel like I got to say that that was the end of the 60 seconds because that's a segment. I gave you an extra five seconds because I interrupted you a couple times to try to throw you off your game. That was all important backstory. But there, that was. <laughs> here's a, another reason why I kind of let you keep going a little longer. That was pretty interesting. Like, who is this fucking guy? Well, he's. Who knows? What's his <gasps> deal? Where does he come from? You know who else is from the South? Who? You know who else is named Logan and is a mysterious stranger who breezes into town and is from the South? Um, the Wolverine? No, Wolverine's from Canada. Oh. <laughs> That's, I was going to say the Wolverine, but then I remembered that Wolverine's from Canada, and I quickly abandoned that. Well, let's talk about Wolverine. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, finally. This Woo! is something you brought up last time, and this is uh, something where you have a little bit more expertise than I do. 
But I think it's fair game for this text. The guy's name is Logan, one of the most famous Logans, including in the 80s, was the man who most people know as X-Men's The Wolverine. His human name is Just just Wolverine. He's not called The Wolverine. Okay. Well, see, we're learning things already. Do you see any parallels between Logan in the X-Men and Logan here in the Babysitter's Club? Mm, It depends. How old is the Babysitter's Club Logan? Um, I'm going to say 13 or 14. Okay probably 13. Logan from the X-Men is 100 years old. How tall is the Babysitter's Club Logan? I would say probably I'm going to put him at about 4 foot 8. Okay. That might be that might work. That might work. Wolverine's uh from the X-Men is is notoriously short. Yeah, and in this book the uh, Logan goes around calling everybody bub. <laughs> okay. Good. You know something about Wolverine. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Who does Logan in the X-Men like? Jean Grey. And what's her deal? Is she a shy librarian type? Mm, maybe in some versions of the comic book, but yeah. I would say no. Is is she the one who can't touch anyone? No, that's Rogue. Oh, okay. Jean Grey has psychic powers and she and telekinetic powers, and she was the vessel for the Phoenix Force for a little while. Was Marianne ever the vessel for the <laughs> Phoenix Force? I mean, not literally. Did Marianne ever date and or marry Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops? I There's don't nothing think, there. No, okay. I don't think it holds water. Right. I'm into it. I, yeah. w- I would love nothing more than to just talk about the X-Men right. and Wolverine yeah. for the rest of the episode. Well, let's dig into this text in that case. Let me start at the end. Did Perfect. you read Anne M. Martin's insane note to the readers at the end of this novel? No. I'm going to read it to you in full. This is going to fucking blow your mind. I can't. I think this is a later, this is probably a later edition. I think she wrote this note sort of in a reissue of it after she'd written a bunch of Babysitter's Club books. Mm-hmm. But it com- fundamentally changed how I see this series. Here's what she says in full Dear reader, Logan Likes Marianne is not only the first romance in the Babysitter's Club series, but it introduces Logan Bruno, the first boy member of the BSC. I thought it would be interesting if Marianne, the quietest and shyest member, was the first to have a steady boyfriend, so I created Logan. Since most of my relatives are from Louisville, I decided that that should be the city Logan should move from. It was while I was writing this book that I realized a year had passed in the lives of the BSC characters. Marianne was the last of the original club members to turn 13, and the series was still going strong. So my editors and I decided that the characters would have to remain this age. Looking back now, I realized this was a good decision. If the girls had continued to get older, they would be college graduates by now. Instead, they're in middle school forever. This is the I don't most, like it. I don't love it. Yeah. I, don't, I wish they would age naturally. It's weird to get 10 books in and all of a sudden there's new rules for this universe where they no longer age and time no longer progresses. B, I know it's not true because you and I were looking over a list of the books earlier today and we know that the final Babysitter's Club book published in 2000 is called Friends Forever and it's about them graduating from high school. Right. So they age incredibly slowly let me throw this at you the average worker bee Uh-oh. lives about 40 days oh okay average human lives I, I don't know but i'm gonna say something 40 like days 80 years oh okay so sure. that means that one bee day yeah. is two human years for a bee time passes incredibly slowly oh man i wasn't ready to get into bee theory this week yeah all right. Well, do you want to te- you want to explain for our new listeners what B theory is? Yeah, uh, Jack and I have a theory that Stony Brook, Connecticut, which we as as we all know is not a real town, is actually a beehive, and that the residents of this town are all bees, um, and that the girls are young bee. Yeah. Well, something. no, the babies are are bee larvae. The, bee- the girls are bee worker bees. Right, and then the parents are like drones and queens and whatnot which explains away a lot of the weird the weirdness of this universe Mm -hmm. and it sounds like including this this like time passes in this weird way yeah that doesn't make sense for human time like from 1986 to 2000 they go from eighth grade to i guess senior year right they graduate in 2000 it's 86 they just go in there this this book begins with their first day of eighth grade yeah 
I, I took this as a jumping off point because when I when I first I read this novel, one of the things that I noticed was that unlike a lot of the Babysitters Club books, it didn't seem like there was a lot going on other than what's sort of happening superficially. Mm-hmm. Like Logan likes Marianne. Yeah, Marianne also likes respond. Logan. And Marianne Cam- and Cam. Marianne loves Logan. Yeah, and Cam Geary. Uh, and then when I read that note, that put me in a different frame of mind. Because this is a book that's about transition, right? It's a, a book that's about change. It's a book about these yeah. girls who were... Marianne's wearing a bra now. Marianne's wearing a bra now. Yeah. And the way you hear her talk, you yeah. think a boys had just been invented. boys had literally just been invented. She's in love with Cam Geary. She's in love with Logan. Right. And then Anna Martin comes she out even of brought nowhere. Up, she even brought up that boy from the beach. Oh, Remember yeah, him? she did. She, and and she was like, oh, I'm probably never going to talk to him again. Yeah, he's she's just like, one of her, you know what? Just another notch in the old bedpost, Marianne. <laughs> You've changed, Marianne. And Anna Martin, as the author, is noticing this, and she needs to put something in there to make it stop. Yeah, she's fighting against it. She's fighting against it. She wants these children to be children forever. Oh, that bums me out because that age. means Marianne's going to be in this like socially awkward, just getting into boy phase for literally the rest of the series. Yeah, well, and, and so that's the a nightmare. Book, we never, you didn't in your sixty seconds, you didn't get to the end of the book. But a literal Did thing that happens at the end of the book is it all comes together with this sort of trapped in amber feeling. They throw a birthday party for Marianne. Because she's turning 13. Right. And she fucking walks out on it. Yeah. She freaks out. She rejects the very idea Whoa. of her aging. Yeah, that's that's spooky. That's Also, she gets a cat who's a kitten. <laughs> it's called Digger. Does that kitten ever grow up? Or is it always a kitten? Oh my god, I literally have no idea. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, you know what? You fucked me up with this. Because now I'm just going to spend the, the next hundreds of books. Yeah. Looking for continuity errors. If that cat ever grows up, I'm gonna call it bullshit. I'm gonna call if the cat Anna Martin's and the agent don't. and be like, "Hey, I noticed a continuity error. Oh, man. Can you let Anne know, please? Yeah, and also invite her to be on our show. Oh my god! But also tell her about this continuity error. Um, in book 15, you said that Tigger <laughs> is three years old. It's three years old, but um, according to your note at the end of book 10. <laughs> Time has slowed to essentially non-movement. Anna Martin has admitted this. Up until this book, they're aging. Yeah. And this book is where they stop aging, which is an insane... Like, I'm look, we're bound by the rules of the universe that she's created. Right. You and I are... We just have to go along with it. Right. It's not the universe that we live in. So it's a universe that... Through most of 1986, through yeah. the 70s and early 80s, time progressed linearly. And then around 86, at a certain juncture, time stopped moving or slowed to a molasses pace. You know what happened? You want to know what the thing that was that happened? A, a boy named Logan rolled into town. Uh, here's a, here's a, a passage that I found really frightening. I have to go pee, so. You want me to just keep talking while that happens? I mean, vamp a little because I want to hear the passage. Okay. I think I hope. I so hope. I so hope that Tanner's weird bathroom noises are caught on this uh, recording. All right, listen to me. Here's what I just realized. Jamie and I um, (laughs) don't host a lot of guests. Yeah. Occasional. Mm -hmm. But we usually do a pretty good job of picking up around here and kind of putting away a lot of our personal effects. Mm -hmm. I just went to the bathroom to go Mm -hmm. and noticed that there was... A squatty potty around the toilet. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Which I... I made a note to myself to bring it up. Yeah, I'm an evangelist, so I'll go ahead and let the Baby Nation know now that squatty (laughs) potty is a little stool, fits snugly around the toilet, and you, when you go to do a number two, you put your feet up on it, and it relaxes your poop muscles Uh and makes pooping... I didn't realize you were a scientist. uh, ...more efficient and healthy. I just came up with a Um, marketing slogan for it. Yeah. Squatty potty, the stool stool. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, next to the squatty potty is my bathroom reading. Uh-huh. Did you notice that? No. Okay. Uh, 
Well, it was an encyclopedia of all of the Star Wars novelizations. <laughs> you're not even you're not even reading that actual Star Wars novelization. No, I just have an encyclopedia. You just want the encyclopedia. <laughs> and I just you know I flipped through that <laughs> when I'm using the old squatty potty. So that's the kind of stuff we usually put away. But uh-huh. tonight I just you know. Didn't have the didn't have the uh, foresight. Well, I'm honored that you feel comfortable enough with me. Let's get back to your your passage. Here's a passage that kind of sung out to me, given what we've been talking about. Marianne and Logan are talking. I'll never forget the look on your face when Jackie spilled that juice. I'll never forget the look on your face when the jar got stuck on it's his more hand. Southern, more Southern. I'll never forget the look on your face. Good, good. And Martin writes in dial in dialect. Yeah, that's very distracting. Yeah, throughout this book and for irritating. Logan. Makes me hate Logan. And Logan added, I'll never forget the look on your face when Jackie knocked you into me. I blushed furiously. Man, you're good at accents. Oh, no, said Logan quickly. It was a nice look, really nice. You know, you have a pretty smile. Don't look me in the eyes. Ugh. (laughs) I was getting really into it. And then she says, I do? And then she's just talking to herself here. I was melting, melting away. I was turning into a wonderful Marianne puddle, and all because of Logan. Logan in this book is making Marianne disappear. Logan walks into this book. Food's here. Ugh. It always happens right when I'm fucking getting going on a very complicated and tenuous point. What the fuck was I talking about? Logan loves Mary Ann, we know. Likes Mary Ann. He'll grow to love her. Logan walks into this book. Okay. Logan walks into this book and essentially switches Marianne off. Uh-huh. She starts out the book by ha- like going through these changes. It's like the beginning of eighth grade. She's starting to wear a bra. Yeah. Logan comes in. The first thing that happens is she's literally speechless. Like she can't talk to him. Yeah, she's it's lost like her, her mouth voice. is filled with glue and sawdust. Exactly. Thank you. That's a quote from the book. She, her mouth is filled with glue and sawdust. And then this scene happens where she's just melting into a puddle, which fits with Anna Martin's idea that like suddenly this change is happening where they can no longer continue to age or change in any way. And I feel like Logan has this goal where he's trying to keep their potential from being born. Logan, why, would he, why would he do that? Logan's goal is to keep their potential from being born into this world. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? <laughs> I tentatively agree. Okay. Well, let me pile on a little bit more evidence, and then you can talk about it. Okay. Do you or do you not agree that Logan Bruno is an anagram for unborn goal. <laughs> Are you looking it up on your fancy new computer? Anagram <laughs> finder. Okay, we've so yeah, there's there's a lot. What else have you got? Anything else in there that baloney run? <laughs> uh lunar bongo. <laughs> a boron lung. <laughs> Goal unborn. Yeah. <laughs> so you got it. You got it. Yeah. I think we can really get into baloney run, though. I think, I think there's a lot there to unpack. <laughs> well, I'll let you unpack that. But I think that there is a sense in which Logan is the snake in the garden here. He's not totally what he seems. He's the destabilizing force who kind of comes into this club. I like I felt it this time. I was like, uh, Logan, you're distracting these girls from their friendship, from their babysitting. I'm not into it. I don't want you to like Marianne. Marianne is a manipulator. She's a, a oh, wow. succubus. Oh, you saw it the other way around. Kanye West stole his entire fashion line idea from the Babysitter's Club. We know this. Cam Newton mm-hmm. stole his entire football, football career. man career mm-hmm. from the Babysitter's Club. In fact, that comes up in this book. One Chewbacca the dog gets out, and Claudia is chasing him around the neighborhood. Oh. And yells to Jamie Newton, hey, Jamie, help us catch Chewy. Yeah. And he just goes into full quarterback sprint mode. Yeah, he's like jumping over hedges. Yeah, he's jumping over yeah. hedges. He's like choosing his receivers. He's Wow. Anyway. He's going through his rotations, taking that five-step drop. Cam Newton stole his entire football career from the Babysitter's Club. Kanye West stole his entire fashion line from the this Babysitter's Club. This is fucking established. Neil Strauss stole the game. Mm-hmm. The book 
about the seduction community. Oh yeah, I'm and familiar. Pickup artists. Yep. Neil Strauss stole the game from the Babysitters Club. Wow. And in fact, he stole it from Marianne. When All right. She... Well, let's describe what pickup artists are. Okay. For, pickup for artists are the uninitiated. creeps yes. who <laughs> prey on women. One hundred percent. Yeah. So they rely on like scripted, tr- like tricks of the trade to trick women. Into sleeping with them. The pickup artist community, the mm-hmm. seduction community, has a lot of terms, mm-hmm. has a lot of rules for bringing women home. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced that Marianne invented a lot of these rules. The first one, the most popular one, peacocking. You're familiar with peacocking? I am, but I bet our listeners are not. Peacocking in the game, which I keep in mind I haven't read, and I'm just sort of, I've got cultural awareness of this. And we both think is fucking horrifying. Yeah. Peacocking is when you wear sort of bright, ostentatious clothing mm-hmm. in order to draw the eye of any women in a bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's step one. That's just getting their eyes on you. Right. When Marianne goes to meet Logan, mm-hmm. they think about inviting Logan into the babysitter's club, and they can't do it because he's too awkward and like they feel inhibited during the whole thing. But he is a fucking good babysitter. So they end up making him kind of a temporary associate babysitter so that he can be called on to babysit in an emergency, but he's not officially in the club. Marianne is getting ready to go to the first babysitter's club meeting where Logan is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's jerks, Jumping Jerks, Jack's jumping jerks. and Tanner's Tiny, tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time, um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. And I'm really, I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're back. But now I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it. Okay, well, I'll start. Uh, so one of my experiences playing the game that I really enjoy is um, I really like picking which fiends to use and oh, upgrading them that. and c- building a crack team as I go through the levels. My favorite is Mordecai. Okay, that's not one. It's my favorite fiend. What level are you on, Jack? I am somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And yourself? Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, 70, and they do have updates thousand. all the time, so you can keep At playing as much 000. as you want. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and w- I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, in, well, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite sized. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy That's shit. friends without the R, 
Best thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> so I put on a pair of small hoop earrings and a gold chain bracelet that used to belong to my mother. Then I took off the sweatshirt I've been wearing and put on a bright vest uh, over a short sleeve white blouse and uh-huh. looked not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like peacocking to me. That sounds like peacocking. And she also wears some crazy shit later on. Um, it's I, I think I can remember. So she, her dad, she decides to go to the September, remember September dance with Logan. The names of dances in this book are insane. Yeah, like, why would you want to remember like September? Like, what does that even mean? I guess it's it's like the Green Day song. Oh, God. Wait, when did that Green Day song come out? Is there a Green Day song called Re- Remember September? Think of me when September ends. Fucking hell. Green Day stole that song from the Babysitter's Club. That is insane. Man, all of, like, this the this series of books defined culture in such a huge way, and we didn't even realize it. She's wearing this skirt that has pictures of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And, the like, the Arc Some de Triomphe yeah, and, yeah. like, the landmarks and Tower Bridge on it. Yeah, and, like, the Golden Gate Bridge and, like, the Empire State Building. That's the skirt. And then she's wearing a this pink shirt. Oversized... And then on, on top of the pink shirt, she's wearing an oversized pink sweater. Oh, God. And then she wears these white shoes that kind of come into play. Yeah, she calls them, what does she call them at some point? She calls them like deadly. She calls them my deadly shoes. Yeah, my deadly Because white she's shoes. worried that she's going to slip on them. And they also cause this massively embarrassing moment where she's dancing with Logan at the, at the Remember September dance. Yeah. And... Things are going super well. They're like, goofing off. They're goofing they're doing around. Some fun. Like goofy she's like, dance I don't know moves. how to dance, and he's like, Let's be goofballs, and like he pretends to be a gorilla. They're and, like, walk, scratches. They're, his they're head everyone's she, doing the dinosaur. Yeah, it's super goofy, and then she gets too into it and kicks out, and her white deadly shoe hits the principal of the school or narrowly misses him. And, sounds a lot like peacocking to me. Well, and then she just fucks off. Is that in your pickup artist? Because the thing she does to Logan a bunch during this book that like annoyed me as somebody trying to kind of put myself in Logan's shoes is that things are going super well, and then she'll just like fuck off. Let me she, tell you about just, pawning. Like, go and like hide under the bleachers because she's embarrassed. Or let like... me tell you about pawning. Okay, pawning is a term from the seduction community. Mm-hmm. I'm reading on the Wikipedia page. Right, pawning is the act of discarding an unwanted woman. Well, in, in Marianne's case man boy mm-hmm. as proof of the pickup artist's own social value that sounds an awful lot like what she's doing just sort of like throwing them away being like hey done with you i'm gonna take off now great yeah. i'm gonna you're just another you're just another notch in my bedpost yeah just like literally what's his name from the previous book boy crazy stacy yeah two books ago what's his name forgotten <laughs> i only <laughs> keep one of these books in my mind at a time <laughs> Negging? Yep, I'm familiar with that. Negging is when you kind of give a backhanded compliment. Yep. Which I guess is a way to like tear down their self-esteem. I don't I don't recall a specific. I guess maybe just by by the act of like refusing to talk to him at the beginning. Yeah. Kind of like blowing him off. I guess that's sort of negging. Yeah. I think negging is a little more active. It's not so passive, but I don't know what to do with Marianne in this book, man. Like this dude is doing everything she fucking freaks out at this dance because like her fucking shoe came off they throw a surprise birthday oh, she party just storms out she storms out without saying a word she storms out again like at her surprise birthday party because she thought it was just a regular party and then they surprise her with some cake and she loses her fucking mind right like Can I just- and logan like the whole time logan is just like super chill and he's he tells it like it is too he's like marianne the person that you are is not the person that you're displaying right now. Yeah. He does say that. Just and he's negging her. Oh shit. Oh fuck. He's like, I really love you, but He you says were- I like you. So in this and so and oh, this is actually love. true. He like this love. book is called Logan. They'll come around to love. Logan likes Marianne. They'll come around to love. They're and young. Marianne says I'm in love with Logan a bunch of times in this book. Yeah. Um so, you know, it's it's not it's not entirely reciprocal. You want to know what was a weird fucking thing in this book that stood out to me is the moment when Christy and Dawn 
are having a fantasy about what's going on yeah. with Marianne and That's Logan. weird, right? Did you catch that? Yeah. Where they're like, Marianne and Logan. So Christian, don't. Like, Marianne, let's be fucking honest. This is something that Marianne doesn't have the fucking bravery to say in this book. Marianne and Christy are not best friends anymore. Marianne and Dawn are best friends. Christy's not. Her Christy's best a free friend. agent. When Christy doesn't have a, a best friend anymore. But Marianne is still like acting as if she and Christy are fucking BFFs, mm-hmm. and it's bullshit. Like, guess what happened when she when Logan calls her up and asks her out to the fucking Remember September dance? Yeah, like that's like a huge moment in her life, right? That's a big fucking deal, right? Who's the first person she calls? Dawn. Dawn. She doesn't, it doesn't even occur to her to, she's like, oh, I'll just fucking let Christy know at the next fucking BSC meeting. Maybe, if I remember. Maybe. Like, yeah, that's, they're not best friends anymore. Like, they don't have anything in common. And Christy talks about it. Christy it talks about, like, getting left behind. Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. Oh, poor Christy. That makes yeah. me feel bad for Christy. Eh, Christy's, I mean, no, it does a little bit. I, I stopped identifying with uh, Marianne in this book. Yeah. And I, the flame in my heart for Christy reignited. You've got a lot of Christy in you, man. Cool. Like, super cool. Yeah. Strong leader. Yeah. Commanding presence. Yeah. Boys are into me, but I'm not super into boys. Yeah. Not um, wearing a bra yet. Not wearing a bra yet. Hopefully, but, hopefully never need to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, probably won't. Yeah, probably won't. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Well, time isn't passing. Time is stopped passing. For me passing. and for Christy. God, I can't tell anymore. Oh shit, that's weird, man. Chrissy's <laughs> always gonna be the. I hate, I hate the time passing thing. I really well, it hate. It. Like she's it's always passing, gonna be just at this glacial pace. She's always gonna be like this baby. Yeah, I mean, I would bet that it's she's now probably eighteen. In in twenty sixteen. In twenty sixteen, Christy is eighteen. But okay, do you think she's wearing a bra? <laughs> yeah, she's really wearing a bra. <laughs> yeah, she's eighteen. It's the only metrics they've given us. <laughs> like, <laughs> all we all we can judge things by is whether or not it's wearing a bra. <laughs> you know, it's only, all we have. It's the only way we know whether time is passing. It's not our fault. <laughs> um, but Don and Christy have this weird fantasy about Marianne and Logan's date, and I didn't write it down. But they're just like they're hanging out, which is weird because like Don and Christy don't necessarily like each other because of this rivalry. That's not true. You're you're projecting. It comes up like Don is super nervous that Christy feels supplanted. Yeah, but Christy invited Don over to this right. sleepover. But that was a big deal. Yeah, I'm down. I'm D. I'm D T S O. Don is my new favorite. New favorite? I love Don. Well, man. don't get too attached because I was just looking ahead at the titles and. I don't think she's long for this world. Oh, what's the title you saw? Don's mom asked me to be a pallbearer at Don's funeral. Is <laughs> the the title of the twentieth book? Marianne and Don's funeral. Yeah. <laughs> we oh. made a mistake today yeah. by looking at a reading order and getting a and getting a glimpse at some of the uh, upcoming titles and and like distant future titles. And it just, it really, there's a lot of spoilers in these titles. Anna Martin is not good about protecting her her audience from spoilers. Goodbye, Dawn. Yeah. Like 26. Yeah. <laughs> there's another one that's called Farewell, Stacy. Yeah. And then, like, three books later, Welcome Back, Stacy. Oh, it's like, God. great. I, now I know I don't have to be without Stacy. And there, there are all these, like, hello books that are, ter- it's, like, terrifying. It's like, I don't want, f- like, fuck Mal- Mallory. Mallory, we like Mallory. Mallory Pike. Mallory is nuts. We know her. You know we what like I would her. like is Hello, Karen Brewer. Hey. She would make a Got great news for you, bud. fucking baby series. Got news for you. Yeah. Little Sister series. Oh, you know who that tracks? I cannot wait. I want to change topics a little bit and just talk about this boy-girl party. It's literally the first boy-slash-girl party. Ever? What about Adam and Eve? God, it's so interesting you bring up Adam and Eve. <laughs> Because I do think that this book, like, that's the thing. It's kind of this, like, reverse paradise lost. Like, Anne M. Martin wants to keep these girls in this, like, weird prelapsarian state. So she's, like, she's trying to put the genie back in the bottle. Yeah. God God expelled Adam and Eve right. from the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And Anne M. Martin is inviting adam and eve back in right and adam and eve in this case are christy and marianne 
and Logan? Logan is the snake. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You you hooked me, man. Reel me in. Yeah. Logan is the snake. Like these girls are trying to be innocent and they they want to be babysitters forever. Like eighth graders forever. Yeah. And Logan represents this outside world, like this outside influence that is is boys. And did you not notice? Tell me you didn't notice it. When Logan comes to a babysitter's club meeting, it feels wrong. It feels fucking wrong that this dude is in the meeting. They're it feels inhibited. wrong to everyone. Everyone can't speak. Everyone they tell this funny story about like Claudia gets one of the boys uh, oh, snaps yeah. Claudia's bra strap. Yeah, and they everybody gets insanely self conscious. Yeah, Claudia's like, "Oh, he snapped my bro." Uh, uh, they lose their fucking minds. My bro. Uh. Logan is this like incredibly destabilizing influence on. Well, people. and as mentioned earlier, and he's Logan. so fucking slick. He's so slick. He's so slick, just like the snake. He comes in with his Louisville accent, and he's like, "Murray Ann, you're so pretty." I have him as this like slick talking. Seemingly innocent, oh, like a Matthew McConaughey, fancy type. man, like a Matthew McConaughey from Louisiana, yeah, who's just with his southern charm. You want to know what's true about this? The title of this novel, you Logan, take away Logan does like Marianne. That's you take true. away one letter out of it, and it's Logan lies, Marianne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Loga the- loves Marianne. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> Logan. Logan likes Ariane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, did you have a burn of the week this week, Tanner? Shit, I didn't. You know, there wasn't many burns this week. I captured one just because we do a segment called Burn of the Week, and I captured one. This was not. I kind of thought that was Burn of the of Week burn. was maybe a a one week. The affair. thing that I kind of want to wrap up before I get to it, that because it it ties into it, is this boy slash girl party. Yeah. They go to this boy-slash-girl party, which is literally the first time that class has ever had a boy-slash-girl party. Right. And the boys at this party are insane. Pete Black, who I think dated Claudia, is like one of Claudia's many like dudes on the side. Yeah. Is Pete Black the one who's flipping pretzels up into the air and catching them in his mouth? Or is he the one who's no. dipping potato chips it, in Coke? He's dipping his chips in Coke. <laughs> You know what that reminded me of? He's just standing there. Everyone's like hanging out. They're getting ready for the surprise for Marianne. They're talking. Like the girls are trying to talk to the boys. It's not really working. And Pete Black is just standing there slowly dipping potato chips in his fucking Coke over and over throughout the party. They keep like circling back to him. And there's Pete Black and he's still dipping these chips yeah. in his Coke. Have you seen the movie Boogie Nights? Yeah. There's a scene where they go to see this like drug dealer and it's like super intense and they walk into this like crazy drug dealer's house and he's just sitting there and he's like setting off like <laughs> firecrackers. <laughs> like every like 20 or 30 seconds like just boom, like a firecracker goes off yeah. and it's just like at ramps That's up the kind of energy Pete Black's That's the energy party. that Pete Black is bringing. Yeah. So my burn of the week ties into this. Okay. Well, and it's I look, we were doing burn of the listen, week. I don't want to say that this means that I am endorsing this as a particularly great burn. What I am saying is that we have a segment called Burn of the Week, and because I do my fucking homework, yeah. I wrote down the best burn. I'm in not going to lie. I invented the segment, totally forgot about it. Here's here's the one burn that happens and it happens at the party. Uh, the phone rings. Oh, God. This is good. Stacy picks it up. Actually, it's it, not good. It didn't make any sense, but go ahead. Well, we can, we can pick it apart. Marianne picks up the phone. She says, hello. On the other side of the phone, somebody says, hello, this is the Atlanta Pig Corporation. When would you like your pig farm delivered? What? I shouted. We have a pig farm reserved in the name of Stacy McGill. When would you like us to ship it to you? Just a sec. I paused, putting my hand over the mouthpiece. Stacy. Stacy edged through the rec room. What? It's for you. Something about a pig farm? Stacy got on the phone, frowning. Hello? A pig farm? Justin Forbes, is that you? You're so immature. Yeah. Is that your burn of the week? That's it. I got a better one. Here's my burn of the week. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds later, the phone rings again. Oh, yeah. You know who reaches for it? Logan. Yeah, Logan. Logan, Logan reaches, reaches for, for it. it. And he, yeah. you know what he says? Yeah. Hello, this is Disneyland. Goofy speaking. <sighs> and you and know what asshole Justin Forbes. Justin Forbes does? Hangs up. Hangs up. Can't, Can't handle, handle it. it. <laughs> we can pick this oh, apart. Oh, let me do it in my southern drawl. So Justin Forbes. Hello. Disneyland, goofy speaking. 
It's goofy, Speaker. I'm it's the creepy s- when you do it. I'm the snake in the garden. <laughs> I'm I loving- hate it. I hate it when you do it. I hate it when you do it. Let me tell you something, Marianne. You can't speak. You can't dance. But I like you. Hello, Disney Lee. Hello. It's goofy speaking. Goofy speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, Jack. Yes. You introduced a hit segment on this show. Yeah. Called Tearful Moment. Mm-hmm. I am pretty sure. Mm-hmm. You have not had a tearful moment the last three episodes. Interesting. Have you had one this episode? Yes. Wow, really? Yeah. This is such a, a nothing book. There's I, no there's no emotion in this book. There's nothing. nothing. Ha- oh, can I guess? Ooh, can I guess? Ooh, okay. can I guess? Please. You know me pretty well. What what in this book stood out to you as something that, that when brought a tear to the old eye? Marianne. Like genuine, the genuine fucking tear. When Marianne mm-hmm. asks Mr. Spear mm-hmm. if she can go to the Remember September dance, mm-hmm. he says yes mm-hmm. and actually looks a little misty himself. The Remember September dance was on a Friday. Dad had not only given me permi- permission to go with Logan, <laughs> he'd seemed it. happy about it. In fact, he'd given me his Bel Air's department store charge card and told me I could buy a new outfit. When he handed me the card, his eyes looked sort of teary. I, I knew it, man. Tight. I knew it because you identify with two characters in this series. <laughs> me, Janine, and Marianne's dad. <laughs> you want to know why that made me cry? Because when Mr. Spear looks at Marianne growing up, yeah. you want to know what he's thinking about? His, like, a little version of his wife? His dead fucking wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Mrs. Spear, man. R.I.P. Mrs. Gone but not forgotten. Nope. Now we've got a new woman in our lives, and her name is... Mrs. Schaefer. Mrs. Dawn's mom. Do you have a couple things? You got something you want to talk about? Um, Jamie Newton's burgeoning football career. Um, Let me ask you this. Here's a, here's a little passage that is a story that Logan tells that never finishes up. It's yeah. the Babysitter's Club meeting where Logan shows up to the meeting, and it's super fucking awkward. Things are just getting off the ground and they try to break the ice by being like what was your worst babysitting experience ever logan he says this well there was the time tina lawrence flushed one of her father's neckties down the toilet everybody laughs yeah <laughs> and there was a time my brother got into mom's <laughs> lipsticks and colored the bathroom red everybody laughs <laughs> but i think the worst time was when i was sitting for this little kid named elliot his mother was trying to toilet train him and she showed me where his special potty was and everything all morning after she left, I kept asking Elliot if he needed to go, and all morning he kept saying, no, no, no. So finally, I took him into the bathroom, and and what? I dared to ask, says Marianne. Logan was blushing again. I just realized, I can't say that part. Okay. What the fuck happened? Well, hmm. What the fuck happened? Took him. It's not obvious. And dot, dot, dot. He had no penis. Oh God! Like he a doll. Had two penises. Ugh. Here's what I thought. That's the moment where Logan is given his instructions to go and be the snake in the garden. Go and destabilize these fucking girls. You think there's a little boy with with either no or two penises? Yeah, and he just instructed. Like, he swivels his head. All the way around. <laughs> Gaze upon <laughs> the horror that is me, Elliot. <laughs> I have but one instruction for you, Logan. Fly <laughs> to the hive known as Stony Brook and destabilize them. They will never Start. age. <laughs> yeah. Their dreams will be unborn. Start with the chosen one known as Mary Ann. All right. I wasn't yeah. going to bring this up, but this is a good place to end, given that this is where we've gone. I don't know if you noticed, Mary Ann early on makes a point of saying that her homeroom number is 216. Um, I didn't notice because it seemed, seemed and is totally insignificant. Well, you want to know what... 216 is area code for Cleveland. <laughs> well, Cle- Cleveland, <laughs> baby, baby girls, baby boys, and baby people, and baby bees in Cleveland. Uh-huh. I've got news for you yeah. 216 is six times six times six. 
<laughs> I'm going to quickly look that up. It's six. The mark star six of the beast. Star six equals two one six. You got it, huh? Does that not fucking terrify you? And apparently that comes up in Left Behind a lot. Listen to me, Logan. <laughs> Let me read you one final quote. Chrissy sighed. She's talking to Dawn at their sleepover. You know, she said, picking at a tiny piece of lint on her sweater. I was always the brave one, and Marianne was always the scaredy cat. Now everything's reversed, and suddenly she's, I don't know, ahead of me. And I've been left behind. <laughs> Is that your Elliot impersonation? Like the... Like the left Genesis behind, again. like the fucking snake was in the garden. <laughs> Wait, which is the last one, Genesis or Exodus? No. None of those. Revelation. Revelations. Which yeah. one's Genesis? The first one. Which one's Exodus? It's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's weird because the but the like the biblical themes always come out in the dawn books, and I wasn't. I was not fucking looking. I didn't want. I was like, oh, it's gonna be a relief. From all this, like, biblical shit. But here it is. Here it is. We've got the the young demon boy. We've got the snake in the grass, Logan. We've yeah. got 216. We got 216. We got, we got left, behind. left Behind. Everybody got Left Behind, man. Exodus. Exodus? I also thought this was cute. A cute book where Logan likes Marianne. Does he? He does. Yeah. I think he likes her. Yeah, he loves her. He lo- No. That's He's in love with her. Fucking specifically not established. He likes Marianne. She thinks she's he's she's super weird. He pushes past her fumbling every opportunity to get things right. She can't talk to him. She makes a fool of herself at the dance. She runs out on her own birthday party. But somehow Logan still likes her through all of that. I think that's sweet. It's not sweet. He's manipulating her because he's a snake in the grass. He's a snake in the grass. Anyway, we have to go. Good night, baby nation. I shall visit you in your dreams and introduce you to fantasies of the flesh of which you've never dreamed before. Next week, we're going to be talking about book number 11 in the Babysitter's Club, Christy and the Snobs. I've been Jack Shepard. I've been Tanner Greenring. And I've been Elliot the Demigod. (laughs) Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you think boys had just been invented. No, we're not singing it this week. (laughs) In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. Yeah, I've got like weird computer anxiety. My computer is vastly more beautiful than yours. Yeah. But it's also vastly smaller. Yeah, vastly smaller and is not currently playing Counter-Strike on it, Ugh. which mine is. Okay, well, I'm going to need Oh, you. sorry. <laughs> I, did, I, I mean, um, <laughs> n- not playing Counter-Strike. For the recording of this p- 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 podcast, I'm going to need you to turn off oh, you know what's killing any me? distractions. In fact, I don't know if I love the idea of you having a computer in front of you. I need it because I have the um, Seduction Community Wikipedia page right. open. So-